So far it is, could you put it up real quick? Old to new, right? We've been on this sermon series. The first week we learned about how we were old, we were part of the old way of living, and then we were made new in Jesus. Does anybody know by memory 2 Corinthians 5.17? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Do you does anybody know it by memory? No. Almost. Jason, you know it? If if someone can say it right now, right? They can get free candy. All right, go ahead, Kayla. Go ahead, Kayla. Almost, almost, you almost. You're right there, but it didn't get the t- All right, Josie. Go ahead, Josie. Ball's in your court. Clock's ticking down. You're going to be Kobe or you're going to be O10 LeBron. It's up to you. I mean, you already sell candy. I don't know if we should. Okay, for sure. You'll get a piece of candy. Listen, guys, if you're in one-on-one and you don't know this verse, you should not feel ashamed because Jesus took our shame, but you should feel a little bad. You know, you should, you should know this verse, okay? So, right, the new creation is here. We learned the second week, right, we were dead away from Jesus, right, dead in our sins. Then Jesus brought us to life. This week... We are going to learn about how Jesus took us from a sinner and made us a saint, okay? Everybody say, from sinner to saint. Anybody ever heard that Biggie Small song? Born sinner, opposite of a winner. Used to eat now. (laughs) You know, bro, you know, you know, you know. Well, listen, if you're a born sinner in here, say amen, yeah. All right, for sure. We're all born in sin, so we should have all said, we should have all got a little height. But it's all right. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. Real quick, if you can go to Luke 5. So this Thursday, can I, can I see the hands of Cielo and Libni? That's Cielo. She's way back there, all the way in the fourth row. And then we have Libni right in the first row. They go to what school? Taft, right? So we're at Taft. We go to this place called, if, you're, if you've ever been to Taft, there's this place called Sitco. It is the most popping sp- uh, place there. You got, the, you got the potheads on one side. You got the people who just don't really got much to do on the other. You got uh, just people that do worse drugs than weed on the other side. And you got the people in the bus stop waiting for the bus. So you got, it's all crazy. You got Puerto Ricans. You got Arabs. It's just like literally the nations are right there. So we were at Sitco, and we decide to you know, preach the gospel before Libni had banished, Yellow had to go. So we're going to this one group of, this, uh, one group of kids, like two girls, one guy, and another girl. So that's three girls and one guy. And then a Muslim dude and a, and a Christian girl come. But they, the rest were Catholic, right? They made sure we knew that when we asked them about Jesus. So after we asked them about Jesus and they confirmed to us, oh, we're Catholic, we're Catholic, we're, we're good, right? We asked them, well, how do you know you're going to heaven? And they're like, well, you know what? This guy, he sounded really smart. He's like, well, he didn't have glasses, but if he did, he'd do this. Well, you got to do more good than bad. Yeah. 
And that's kind of how he sounded. He was just so sure of himself. Then the girl, right, after we left, we said, God bless you. you. Just let you know, Jesus does love you. And she said, yeah, man, you know, you need to preach to those people. Those people, right? And I got offended. And I was like, what do you mean those people, right? No, nah, I didn't. But for real, though, she literally said, we shouldn't preach to her. We should be preaching to everybody else because they need Jesus. I got Jesus. I'm Catholic. Trust me. So, you know what I think we should do? We should actually see what Jesus says about that, right, shall we? How many of you guys think Jesus is a smart guy? Woo! Okay, maybe you guys thought you guys got thrown off when I said guy. How many of you guys think Jesus is a smart God? Some of y'all are still thrown off. Maybe y'all think Jesus is stupid. I don't know. All right, y'all would be wrong there, okay? So, Luke 5, 29 to 31 says this. So then Levi, this was a, a guy who, who Jesus, uh, followed Jesus, held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees, everybody say Pharisees, and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained, right? Some of us, we know what it looks like when people are complaining at a party. It's like, why did you invite them? You know I don't like them. And then they're like giving them the stank eye the whole time. You're like, oh, gosh, you know. So that's how the Pharisees are. They're complaining to Jesus' disciples. And then they say, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Tax collectors were people that kind of conned people out of their money in a way, right? They work for the government. They're always collecting tax. They were kind of known for beating, uh, for being uh, swindlers and, and just sly and always having impure intentions, trying to take people's money. Then you had sinners. Sinners, that's, you can throw a bunch of people they thought were sinners. You can throw prostitutes in there, drunkards in there, people who had, um, what's that disease? Leprosy. People who had leprosy, not Ebola, leprosy. Uh, that leprosy, people that were considered untouchable, uh, almost like ashamed and all that. And Jesus had an answer for them, right? So even though they weren't talking to Jesus, Jesus, all-knowing, he hears them. He's like, man, not these people again. So he goes to them, right, and lovingly says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. So Jesus breaks that off real quick. If he was at Taft that Thursday, which he was in spirit, right? But if he was there in the flesh, you know, Jesus had his chanclas on. He had his robe. He's chilling. He's like, goes up to them. And then they're like, man, I'm Catholic, Jesus. I'm good. You need to preach to them. Yeah, they need you, Jesus. I don't need you. I already, I'm good. I'm Catholic. He would have simply said, right, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, we may think, okay, does that mean he's saying the Pharisees are sinful? Well, is he saying just the sinners are sinful? Real quick, I want to put a picture up to maybe help you guys get understand. If you could put that picture up. So, real quick, I want, a little, I want to do a little poll right now, right here, all right? This is not Snoop Dogg, don't worry. It's not Snoop Dogg. But this right here is... It looks like light skin do Snoop Dogg. That's what I think it looks like. But so this is a, this is a guy. This is another guy, right? This is the Pope. This is a rapper. Okay. Now, hands up if you think the Pope is a saint. Hands up if you think the Pope is a saint. It's a Pope. How, hands up if you think the Pope is a saint. Hands up if you think the Pope is a sinner. 
lot of hands. Y'all don't really believe in the Pope, do you? <laughs> okay. Hands up if you think my man's here, the rapper, is a saint. How many of y'all think this rapper dude is a sinner? Some of y'all didn't vote. So here's the thing, right? The Pope, huh, what happened? So this is a Christian rapper who spends most of his time preaching to gangs, okay? God saved them amazingly, gloriously. This guy is a guy who does not believe Jesus is the only way. He has defended pedophiles, and he is in charge of the Roman Catholic Church who practices idolatry. So, but here's the thing, though, right? If we're thinking like the world does, this guy got tattoos. This guy, you know what? He has a different hairstyle that wouldn't be socially acceptable to some people. But this guy, he's dressed up. He's the religious type of dude. This guy has to be the saint. This guy has to be the sinner. That's how we would think. But Jesus totally broke that. If we can go to John 8, 34, 36, I ask you guys, what do you think is a sinner then? And what do you guys think is a, is a saint? Who's a sinner? Who's a saint? We'll see as we go into the message, we read the Bible, obviously, because the Bible has the answer. We see that a sinner is someone who is separate from Jesus and enslaved to sin. And a saint is someone separated from sin and is in Jesus. But we all learn. A lot of us already know this. We can repeat it back to me. But we're going to learn how relational this is. How much this has to do with our relationship to God based off of we are a sinner or a saint. So if we go to John 8, 34 to 36, if y'all got your Bibles, wave it up in the air. Wave it up in the air. I'm going to make a new cha-cha slide one day. It's the Christian version. Watch out. Watch out. Going to be on Spotify. So if you got your Bibles, come with us. John 34 to 36. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who... All right, you guys are sleeping, all right? Everyone who is a slave to, now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a, but a son. Huh? Someone say something? But a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed, right? So when we look up, it is a bar right there. Jesus had bars. So as we learn here, right, a slave is not a part of a family, not a part of God's family, more specifically. And we know this because everyone who sins is actually a slave to sin. Now, here's the thing, though. It is true. Christians may sin. Does this make them a slave to sin? No, it doesn't. But they were enslaved to sin. Everybody in this room at one point, if not now, was enslaved to sin. Because the Bible says that everyone, everyone in this world has fallen short of the glory of God. So just like I was saying last week, if y'all were here, this standard, we've all fallen short of it. We don't seek God. We don't want God. We only seek things for ourselves. That means we're slaves to sin. Now here's the thing though, is a slave cannot be a child no matter how hard he tries to the master. So what this is, basically us trying to be a child of God based off our religious duties, going to church, 
man, I'm going to church more. I'm closer to God. Man, I feel closer to God. I'm reading the Bible more. I'm up to four minutes in prayer. I'm up to 20 minutes in prayer. I think I'm closer to God now. We like to think that's how we get closer to God is by doing religious duties. Maybe improving yourself. Man, I'm not swearing as much. Man, you know what? I only gossip a few times about people I don't like. Oh, you know what? I was able to do the trash. I was able to do the dishes for my mom and take out the trash. We think, man, we're closer to God based off what we've done. And that's how we'll get closer. Like we're, we're, we're walking on the ladder of getting close to God. And it's step by step, religious duty by religious duty, prayer and prayer, reading the Bible, being nice, being kind, doing all these things, right, to please God and get closer to him. But here's the thing. Let's relate it to what Jesus is saying. A slave owned by his master has to work, right? That's what he does is he works. He works as a slave. He works hard and long as a slave. Now, here's the thing. In his mind, if he works as hard as he can, does that make him the master's son, yes or no? How? That's what he has to do. As a slave, he's already supposed to work. As a slave, he's already supposed to do his duty. As a, as a slave, he's already supposed to improve himself every moment. So this is what Jesus is saying, is that no matter how hard you try as a slave, you can never be his son by working as a slave. See, it's not, by a, it's not as a slave you become a child, right? It's not. What the person has to do to have you become his child is he has to choose you and adopt you. That's the only way. The reason why Jesus had a relay like that is because there's people that were slaves in that town. And they would understand that, listen, dude, this guy's been a slave for years. He hasn't paid his debt, but no one has made him a son. So this is what Jesus is relaying back to us now, is that no amount of going to church, no amount of prayer, no amount of doing anything you think is good in your mind, nothing you do in this earth could ever take you from being a slave to sin and a child of God. The only thing that can be done is you being set free. See, Jesus said right here, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It's not so if you do all the religious duties that you can, if you, if you, just, if you just stop going on the internet as much, maybe you'll stop watching porn. If you start doing this, if you, if you stop talking to all these girls, maybe you'll be a Christian. You know, it, all these things, if you stop getting drunk every week with your family, if you, if you stop gossiping, if you stop cussing, if you, we, we make up all these things. When I was young, I thought, man, dude, if I just was a little bit nicer, if I, if I maybe listened to Christian music, I literally, I kid you not, some dude invited me to Elevate, I was playing 2K, 2K12 or 2K11, and I was like, dang, I was looking at the time, 30 minutes to service, 20 minutes to service, 10 minutes to service, I was like, dang, so I texted the dude, I was like, hey, bro, Listen, I wasn't able to make it elevate. Some things came up, you know. I was really just playing 2K in my career. but So I, I'm doing that, right? And I text him, and this guilt comes upon me. This guilt was necessary because I was lying to the guy, and I made it seem like, you know, I was busy. So I felt guilty. So what I did was I texted him. I'm like, bro, please send me all the Christian music you have. So I started playing Lecrae while playing video games as if that would make me closer to God. Like, literally, that was the stupidity that I had. But, but some of us think the same way. Some of us are literally thinking the same way. Man, I'm going to elevate. 
Why are you going to elevate? Man, you know, I'm trying to get closer to God, you know. Man, dude, I'm going to life groups. Why? Man, I'm trying to get closer to God. Man, you know, I'm praying more. I'm just trying to get closer to God, man. That's just a struggle. Every day, man, being a Christian ain't no joke, bro. Ain't playing out here, man. Devil out here tempting us, bro. That's how we be. We act like, dude, like literally, it is like we're on a treadmill and we're never getting to it. We're never getting to Jesus. We're always getting closer, always getting closer. But here's the thing. No matter what, we need to be set free first. So if the sun sets you free, then you will be free indeed. Not if you work hard, maybe the sun will set you free. It's, oh, if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. There is no religious duty. Again, there is no religious prayer. There is no moral improvement. Like if all of a sudden y'all stop having an attitude, that does not mean all of a sudden you belong to God's family. Right? That just probably means you got whooped by your parents and you had to straighten up real quick. Or someone got mad at you. It means nothing. It's who the sun sets free that is free indeed. So if we, go, if we can go to Hebrews 2.11. And this freedom, right? This freedom. It sets us free from the, slint, the sin that had us in bondage. So now you can ask yourselves, right? Everyone has heard this. Are you like your father in heaven? Or are you with the Jesus called the Pharisees that were saying, you know, you're hanging out with sinners? He said, you're like the father of lies. That's what he called the Pharisees. So think about that. Think about that. Because remember, your relationship determines this answer. So my next point, I want to I read this scripture, Hebrews 2.11. Because if you're set free, right, this is a beautiful thing. Think about a slave who has just been set free. The world is theirs. Like literally, you just came from bondage. This is exactly what is being uh, expressed in Hebrews 2.11, if you give me a second to get it. So in Hebrews 2.11, it says this. Both the ones who make people, both the one who makes people holy, so both the one who makes people holy, catch this, and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. See, what you have to understand here is that saints, it's not, it doesn't mean extra religious. It doesn't mean that one day, Joby's going to get a picture where he's doing this. And then I'll be on Jason's candle one day. And he'll be praying to the Virgin Mary with my candle. That doesn't mean that. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean, right, that all of a sudden I'm going to get a funny hat like the Pope. Put the Pope back up, right? Put the Pope back up. This is, this is not what a saint is. Like, it's not like I'm going to get a do-rag, and I'm going to start rocking around like I'm the Pope. It doesn't mean I'm going to get one of those cardinal hats, those mushroom hats either. Saint basically means holy people, God's people, God's people, holy people. If we can go back to Hebrews 2.11. You see, we've tried to make it religious, but it's always been determined on our relationship with God. Who are we in God's family? That's what determines whether we are a saint. And here's the thing. This is what it's saying. It's saying that we are made holy. We are made saints. If we can go to Hebrews 10, 11, because we think, man, dude, like literally, you know, I know I'm saved, but I'm just getting better. You know, I'm still struggling. God's still working on me. You know, I'm still working on this. This is a load of bull crap. You've been fed religious lies. 
I don't care if it's by your, from your parents. I don't care if it's from your ex-pastor. I don't care if it was from your cousin. I don't care who it is. Bring up anyone. They've lied to you if they're telling you this because it says both the one. No, Hebrews 10, 11, please. Hebrews 10. Not 10, 11. 10 to 10, 14. I want you guys to catch this because, listen, you have been lied to if you think that. And it says by that will. That will is not your will. When it says that, it's talking about someone else's will. By the will of God, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices. You're doing the religious thing, right? Doing the religious thing. That's the way it used to be, which can never take away sins. All your prayer, all your religious things that you do can never take away your sins. It is not in the action that does anything. Your actions are futile. Your actions are weak. You are basically doing nothing. You are but trying to relieve your guilt for a second. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice, everybody say one sacrifice. Not two sacrifices, right? Like the old guy. One sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect. Everybody say perfect. Say it perfect. Forever those who are being made holy. Some of us think, hey man, I ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. I'm Christian, but I ain't perfect. I'm Christian, but I cuss a little bit. I'm Christian, but you know, I still smoke that, you know, just a little bit. I'm Christian, but you know, girls be looking good nowadays. Girls be looking fine nowadays. I'm Christian, but that boy is so cute, and I ain't perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. My friends, if you're making that excuse today, you are disagreeing with God himself. You see, because God's work was not to keep you a mess, keep you enslaved to sin. God's work was to make you perfect, as he is perfect. If we can go back to Hebrews 2.11, I want you guys to now look back at this. Because by the one who makes people holy, who's the one that makes people holy? Say it like you mean it. Who is the one who makes people holy? Who is the one who makes people perfect? None of you guys could ever substitute for what Jesus did. None of you. You come into church acting like, listen, I'm hiding my sin. God sees every one of you for who you are. And the beautiful thing is he loves you, and he wants you to admit your weakness so he can make you perfect. He wants you to admit your dependence on him. Because here's the thing, right? If your mama making food, and you start to act like your mama food ain't good enough, and you got to cook instead, your mama going to be kind of mad, right? Listen, if I, right, was over, was over my, my Thea's house, and I basically said, listen, Thea, you're not cooking good enough. I'm still, I'm still hungry. I got to make my own food. I don't trust you to make the food for me. Yo, Thea, your mama, she going to slap you. She going to be like, listen, you going to sit down. You going to eat what I give you. So how are we, right, saying, yes, I'm Christian, but I'm still a sinner. Yes, I'm Christian, but I'm imperfect. I'm Christian, still got attitude. Still don't like people. These excuses are crap. Your excuses, 
are correct. Our excuses for why we are not living like Christ and why we still believe we're sinful is crap. It's crap. So this is what I come to tell you, right, is that Jesus is ready to make us holy. And if he's made us holy, there's a beautiful thing here, right? Those who are made holy are of the same family. So the one who makes us holy doesn't just leave us now by ourselves. He brings us into family. He makes us family. Jesus is not ashamed of any of you. Forget your past. Forget every sin you've ever committed. Jesus is ready to wipe it clean and make you part of his family. That's the beauty of it. It's not a religious thing. It's not about going to church anymore. It's not about saying as many prayers as you can anymore. It's not about trying and failing and trying and failing. It's about being a brother or sister to Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. You had it all twisted all along. You thought since you grew up in a Christian home, you thought maybe I'm good like this. Listen, you're not, you're not being sanctified by being a child of your mama that goes to church. You're being sanctified because you are a brother or sister to Jesus. That's plain and simple. That's it. God has made it so plain to us, and he wants us to be encouraged Whether you sin, you have a mediator in heaven, you go right back to your brother Jesus and you tell him, forgive me. You see, because there's no fear now of of rejection. Because we know who our family is. We are family members to God. So the Christians, children of God, brothers and sisters, listen, if you feel like you're ashamed... If you feel like God is angry at you, if you feel like you can't come back to the Lord, if you feel like you can't change, you have a mediator. You have Jesus who sees you as family, and he's ready. He's ready. He's more than ready to reaffirm who you are in him, reaffirm that you're part of his family. Just believe what Jesus is saying here in Hebrews. So this is, this is it's as simple as this. Are you family with Jesus or are you still in the bed with the devil? Are you still in the bed with the devil? Or are you family with Jesus? Because if you're in the bed with the devil, you know what he's going to do? He's going to take advantage of you. You see, devil don't care about you. Sin doesn't care about you. You're nothing but a slave to it. You're nothing but a pawn. The devil wants to mess up your life. He wants to get you to, against God. He wants you to get angry at your neighbor, get angry at your mother, at your father. He wants you to be depressed. See, sin will have its way with you if you continue to sleep with it. Because that's your relationship with him. But God, right, our heavenly father, who, became, who, who sent his son to become a man, and as being a man, he understood all the pain that you did. He saw all the sin that, that corrupted you and messed up your heart. And he says to you, I will make you holy and I will make you my brother or sister. So I want you guys to look back at your life. If this is the first time you've heard this, if this is something that you are kind of struggling with, you don't know if you're saved or not, if you don't know if you're good with God, I want to clarify this one thing, right? I was talking to Seth the other day. You're as close to God as he is to you. That means it's all God. See, God's the one who makes us holy. He's the one that gets close to us. Every other religion will tell you otherwise. You know, I have people ask me from, from the group all the time, man, do I, need, I want to learn about Jehovah Witnesses. I want to learn about Muslims. I want to learn about these people. 
But here's the thing. They don't even know their God. They could never know their God. They can never be good enough to know their God. First of all, their God's not even real. Our God comes to us. Our God comes to us. He makes us holy. You see, every other religion will have a sense off thinking, man, dude, I just, I just got to do this. I got to change myself, man. Day by day, I'm imperfect, but I have a perfect heart. You know, we, we, all these stupid things that are literally just to relieve the guilt a little bit. But I want you guys to let that guilt sink in and turn to Jesus. Stop hiding. God wants to make you holy. He wants to make you a family member. If you can go to 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. So I really want to encourage you guys. If you, if, right, if you have been made a saint, now we know, now we know. A sinner is not a part of the family. He's a slave. And you have to be made a saint. You have to be set free. So if you have been set free and made a saint, this is what I encourage you to do. First Peter. It says right here, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice. That means like wanting to fight people. And all deceit, thinking about lies, hypocrisy. You're not being two people. You're one person. Envy and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. See, some of us think that once, once we, uh, we give our life to Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's it. You know, it's over. You know what I'm saying? I gave my life to Jesus. You know, I chose God. I did this awesome thing, you know? We'd be like, oh, man, our parents, they don't know Jesus. Our mama, our dad, they ain't that close to Jesus. I'm pretty close to Jesus. Listen, you need to humble yourself. You know what the Bible calls many of you here? Newborn babies. You see, I'm going to ask you guys a question real quick. Just answer yes or no. Can a newborn baby feed itself? Someone said yes. I don't know what baby you got, but that's a super baby. We need, to, we need to get a sample of those diapers. We need to send them to the lab so we can create a race of super babies. No, right? A baby cannot feed itself. It's dependent on who? Mommy. Mommy or dad with the bottle. Plain and simple, right? But here's the thing, right? Y'all can shut up, please. But here's the thing. Like newborn babies crave sp- pure spiritual milk. So that it, by it, you may grow up in your salvation. You see, you grow up. You don't stay a baby forever. You don't stay back in sin, living holy sin, living holy sin. Man, I was evangelizing. I got timid and then back to sin. You don't go back in this little wheel, this real, this rat race, right? We don't do that. We simply grow in our salvation. Why? Because we've tasted that the Lord is good. We know that the Lord is good. We know that God is good so we don't go back to sin. We don't go back to the slave master. We don't go back to the slave master saying, put me back in bondage. Why? Because we're a part of God's family. He is our father. He takes care of us. He is a safe place for those who believe in him. When we're depressed, we go to the one who comforts us. When we're alone, we go to the one who comforts us. 
When we're scared, we go to our protector. We don't go back to sin. That's, that's what saints do. If you are born again, this, you have, now that you have, been pure, you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other. Listen, rid yourselves of all those things, malice, slander, envy, jealousy, right, deceit, hypocrisy. Begin to love each other deeply. The Bible says we will know who the saints are by how they love one another. It's not, like I said, it's not about religious duty. It's not about going to church every week, doing as much as you can in order to please God. It's simply obeying the truth. The truth is that Jesus came to set you free. Now what else is he saying? Okay, like a newborn baby, you're just soaking it up. Jesus said to love your neighbor as I love myself. Okay, a baby, man, the minute they see milk, right, they cling on to it. The minute, right? If you guys have a baby, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have a baby. I don't know. Yeah, right? So if you guys have a little brother or sister, the baby does not reject the mom. No, it is hungry. It wants to feed. If you are a new Christian, what you're going to want to do is soak it up. You're going to want to know more about Jesus. You're going to want to say, Jesus, I want to know you fully. It's no longer about, man, like I know Jesus was born on, on sprint in the spring, not December. Like I met this guy in evangelism. He knew all these things about the Bible, but he didn't know God. So it's no longer about how much you know, it's about who you know. And this is the thing, as you begin to know him more and more and more, it's all from the fact that he's made you holy. You're as close to God as you ever were. How close is a baby to their mother? Real, as close as you can get. As close as you can get. So how close is a supposed Christian to God as soon as they're made holy? As close as you can get. It's plain and simple. There's, no, there's nothing you have to force yourself to do. Sure, you discipline yourself. But this discipline, oh, man, instead of playing Fortnite all day, I'm going to read the Bible one time. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? You're a fool. You're a fool. If you're addicted to video games and you can't pick up the Bible and pray and speak to God, then you're a fool. Like, plain and simple. But... Here's the thing, as babies, as newborn babies, we want to know Jesus more. Everything else, when a baby's feeding, they don't care about anything else in the world. You could be trying to play hide and seek, they don't care. You could, be try, you could try to like almost like take them from their mom, they cling back to the mom. So this is how we have to be with God. We have to understand that. So we, can, we continue to read. It says right here that, for you have been born again. Right? And obviously, as a newborn baby, you've been born again. You have a new life. Not of perishable seed. That means this thing that you've been born of, what God put inside you, it will never perish. It will never, like, cease to exist, but of imperishable. Through the living and enduring word of God. Listen, it's, it can't be made more simple to you guys. I really want you guys to listen because really... If you guys aren't getting this, if this isn't the truth to you, if you're not living it out, there's no point of you coming. There really is no point of you coming. There's no point of you doing the religious thing. You might as well become atheist. You might as well say, dude, there's no meaning to life. Because here's the thing. If you don't have this, if you don't have the new life, every other religion has sent you off. That means if every other religion sends you off, you've got to find the truth somewhere else. But then once you try to find it somewhere else, you know where the truth says? That if there is no God, there is no meaning. 
If there is no loving God that loves us like children, there is no meaning in this world. That means, dude, the, the Pope and all the pedophiles he, he, he controls, they're okay, in his, and, and, and they're okay in this world. Hitler, okay in this world. You, definitely okay in this world. But that is not true. God loves us, and he wants to give us new life. He wants you to be born again. He doesn't want you to be a slave to sin. He wants you to be a brother or sister. That is so beautiful that God would actually care about us like that. And here, it's so, it, 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 these, these things were obvious. If you can go back to, to 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. I mean, this thing, this is so obvious. 1 Peter 2, 1, 2, 3. This is just so obvious. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice. Every, no, I mean, we all know malice is bad. All deceit, all lies, all hypocrisy. Please listen. This is stuff you should already know if you're a Christian. Just rid yourself of it. Take it off. Lay it at the feet of Jesus and begin to love deeply. Love God deeply from your heart. Some of you don't love God. You don't love your neighbor. But that's exactly what Jesus said. But here's the thing. If you just simply depend on him, he will make that possible. He will make that possible. If, if I could have Stephanie come up to the keys, or up to the guitar, and then Lawrence to the keys. You see, what, what God is intended us for to do is simply believe. Because God has already chose all of you in this room to save you. He's already has you on his mind. Every one of you, he has you on his mind. He said, this is going to be a person that's a part of my family. Marco is going to be a part of my family. Brandon's going to be a part of my family. Julian, Miranda, you guys are going to be a part of God's family. That's why he died on the cross. But here's the thing. How do you receive the family, being a family of God, a family member of God? How do you receive that? You simply believe. You simply trust not trust like you trust your homie who you got to be looking, you know, you have to be side-eyed around, but you trust him completely with every decision. You trust him with your salvation, with your life. You trust him with your sin. And God makes you a family member. He sanctifies you. So if I can have all of you stand, please. To those who are Christians, you are now, you, are, you, you have been made children of God, brothers and sisters to Jesus Christ. That means he's, no long, he's not ashamed of you. That means you have no shame. You have no condemnation. Please, all the believers, listen to me. You're going to face times where you feel like people are bringing up your past. You're going to be reminded of your past. You're going to be reminded of the things you did. You're going to be reminded of things you used to love as a slave to sin when you worked for your master, the devil. But this is what I want you to remember. Who sanctified you? I want you to remember who sanctified, who made you holy, who brought you in when you were a sinner and made you a saint. You see, a lot of us think, man, if I just, if I just go to church and learn more about God, I'll know God more. No, you could be a professor. There have been Christians who gave their life to Jesus in Bible college because all they did was know a bunch of Bible verses, but they didn't know the God who inspired them. So this is what I want to encourage all of you to do. If you don't know Jesus... If you don't know Jesus as a brother, as a brother so close, I want you to come to the altar workers. If altar workers, you can come. I want you to come up, and I want you to speak with 
one of the people here. We have TJ to the right of me and Karina to the left of me. Listen, this is not an option. Jesus came to save the sinner, not the righteous. Stop being stuck up in the face of God. You need God. You need Jesus. There's no way about it. There's no way around it. You need Jesus. If you are saying in this room, I don't need Jesus. I'm good on my own. I'm a Christian. I go to Elevate every Friday. I'm good. Listen, you're in, a rude, you're in for a rude awakening with your life. You will never be able to live holy because you have not been made that yet. You are still a slave to sin. So for those that don't know Jesus, that are slaves to sin, I want you guys to come up. But let's say you do know Jesus. Let's say you've left him. And let's say you're ashamed of what you've done. I want you to come up for prayer because as Jesus said, he's no longer ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of you. He wants you to come back and repent, ask him for forgiveness. And he is so willing to forgive you. Remember, it's not your will. It's not your will that you be made a brother to Jesus. It's his will. See, he wants you. He wants you. God loves you and he wants you so much that he was willing to cross barriers of physics, become a man on some crazy stuff. There's so much love in that. Humbled himself. Washed feet, was crucified, was nailed. He was willing to do so much just to say welcome to the family. It's mind-boggling, the love of God. And he's asking every one of you. So if you, you are saying you don't know Jesus, this person needs Jesus, I'm good. You need to come up. If you have fallen away from God and you feel like you're stuck in sin, please come up, receive prayer, give your life to Jesus. And if there's anything else going on wrong in your life, I want, this is also a time for prayer. If you're going through depression, if you're going through anger, if you're a Christian and you just want prayer, please come up. If I can have two more deacons come up, we want to pray for you. We don't want you to leave this room the same. We don't want you to leave this room without knowing Jesus. So if you guys can bow your heads and pray and just think about what I've said, reflect on it, check your hearts, look at your life. The Bible says as the water reflects the face, the, the heart reflects your life. So if you want to see your position, what family member you are with the Satan or, or God, check your heart. Lord God, I pray for everyone here that has heard this message, Lord. Those that were, were hearing the word, God, I pray that you would speak to them. God, I pray that you would begin to convict them, Lord, of their need for you, Jesus. I pray, God, that those that were slaves to sin would desire the freedom that you so freely give, God. That you would set, you would set, you would set slaves free and make them children. That you would set slaves free and make them brothers. God, I pray that the Christians here would rid themselves of all malice, all anger, every type of sin that was uh, indicated with their past. And God, they would love each other deeply, that they would understand your love for them, God. I pray that no one here would leave this room the same, God. And that everyone would know you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So again, I want to invite you guys to come up. everyone.